That's a sports ball. Sports Com- ball. Coming to you from the Sports Ball Studios. You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your host, Wataki and Hoffman. How you doing today, Wataki? Fantastic, Hoffman. Should we get right into it? Let's talk about the XFL playoffs. Oof. Stop it. Okay, fine. The, the NFL draft. We'll talk about the NFL draft, which is what's, what's on everybody's mind. This was... Uh, this was an interesting draft for for the Lions. I feel like every draft for the Lions is interesting, but this year special especially was very interesting because it seemed like we were pulling the we were kind of playing the, the Bill Belichick, uh, you know, from his playbook where you just kind of keep drafting down, trading away your your higher picks, and you seem to know what you want, but you're positioning yourself in just a way that. It, you're you're getting you're getting lower picks for but not by that much. Belichick would would like give away first round picks for like second and third rounders because he just he absolutely did not care about what he got in the draft. Where <laughs> the Lions kind of like played it like that's what they were doing. You know they're like yeah yeah we're, we're trading we're getting rid of six. For number twelve, for number twelve. Wait, 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 wait. We yeah, really, really, really want to make sure route. that we still, yeah, we 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 still want to pick here. So yeah, which is kind of bizarre to me, but I, I don't know. It seems like a very Dan Campbell thing to do. Well, yeah, I think that this this year's draft class. I don't think that there was a lot of just big names that you were that you're going to get somebody that's going to be. Uh, a game changer necessarily. I'm not saying you're not going to get starters that'll contribute from day one, but uh, to get like a game changer uh, player at number six. So I can right. see why they traded back. I mean, unless you're in the top maybe three, but I mean, this is such a weak class. If you look, uh, who's your top quarterbacks in this year's class? Is Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, hey. uh, Anthony? Oh yeah, Will Levis, but he ended up going to what second round. Yeah, second or third. Exactly. I mean, but, but I mean, if you even if you look at like a guy like C.J. Stroud, who was tops on a lot of people's boards for a long time, uh, he never beat his rivals in his college career. His well, top rival. Uh, I mean, he had a, he had a stellar career, but there's no there's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft, right? You know, there's no Justin Herbert. There's no there's no Lamar Jackson. Uh, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of good players. I don't know that there's any. Any great players. Any great players. And time will time will probably prove me wrong, because, I mean, in every class there is somebody, but I don't think that there's anybody where it's like we have to trade up for the Lions to get it. Because going into this draft, we already addressed a lot of our needs, like on the back end and our secondary. We already addressed a lot of those needs through free agency. So we're basically, the way I looked at it is you're building up depth Yeah. in this year's draft. Definitely. And when you look at the picks... You know, you, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. That's depth at running back. That allowed mm-hmm. them to do what they did in trading DeAndre Swift to Philadelphia for picks. You know, and so then also Jack Campbell. I mean, 
if you look at who they picked, Hoffman, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, and Hendon Hooker, your top five picks. Yeah. If I told you that's who you're getting from the draft, are you pleased with that? From this year's draft, probably. That's what I thought, too. But if I look out on social media, I see a lot of people that were up in arms after day one saying, why are you taking a running back that high at 12? Well, because I think that the Lions fans are naturally layered with many, many years of, oh, that's a terrible pick. Just doing that constantly, every single year. Oh, that's a terrible for, that's a terrible number one pick. And, um, and it's easy to predict that, or it's easy to, to do that when, like, you, you just, the picks that you've had, especially a running back over the years, have been notoriously bad. But the, the other problem is, is, like, what does it take to be a running back in today's game? It's really, really hard. And it's really, you, like, you, seriously have to be a generational talent there are not like adrian peterson and you know like um alan kamara uh guys like that i'm trying to think of more modern names today jonathan taylor those those guys don't just like you you don't they don't come in every single draft okay correct you might get one of those out of every five drafts Mm -hmm. and so it's really, really tough to pick. And you think that you're getting someone like that when you draft like a DeAndre Swift. But we also thought that we were getting someone like that when we drafted like a Job at Best or yeah, you know, any of those guys. Before. And the problem with those guys was injuries. Yeah, definitely. Injury. Well, and also because we, like you said, we had no depth. And especially at the places that you need depth for to protect a running back at the offensive line. You just you, you don't have it, you know, and you don't have any depth anywhere. I mean, we've just had so many missing p- pieces for so long. It's kind of nice to go into a draft where it was like, okay, everything is just we're we have the pieces, we have the team. Now we're we literally are adding depth. We're adding layers to our team, and hopefully these guys make it. Or and if they don't, it's just okay, next man up sort of thing and that's i agree with that and i think maybe that's why if like you look out on social media a lot of people are up in arms about the draft it's a very polarizing draft some people absolutely love it i absolutely loved it i think brad holmes is an absolute genius he's a villain like the hoodie says that he wears to the press conferences he's just he's a badass but then there are also people who look at it and say he's drafting out of fear when he's trading back and taking a running back all the way up at 12 yeah. He's taking a linebacker in the first round. But what people don't remember is like Jack Campbell was the top the top linebacker in college football. Right. He anchored the top defense in the Iowa Hawkeyes in college football last year. Yeah. Like he's no slouch. And these are guys that are being brought in at you know, that are being brought in as for more depth. They're not like, oh, we must have Jack Campbell produce. You got guys like Alex Anzalone and Malcolm Rodriguez. You have guys on that defense that are studs that can play. You're just you're just throwing another guy in the rotation. Yep. At running back, you already have David Montgomery. Yeah. You're just throwing Jameer Gibbs in to split time with him. Right, right, exactly. That I mean, it still kind of kind of hurt me a little bit as a fan to see Jamal Williams go away. Uh I wasn't so, you know, I think most of the fan base was more hurt to see uh, DeAndre Swift 
be traded away than I was. I I would have rather had Jamal, you know, but um, and I'm sure a lot of people feel differently. But to me, DeAndre Swift was a guy that was consistently hurt and always riding the bench for one reason or another. And I'm just like, gosh, he just he isn't giving us enough, or maybe they're not giving him enough reps or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, like running back, we've we've struggled with since since our Barry Sanders days. That's been 20 years. That's that's one position that's been hard for them to nail down. And I feel that with Gibbs being, he's he's a guy that can run. He's a home run threat when he's running, but he also had like 144 receptions for Bama. I mean, he plays for Bama in the toughest conference in college football. He's able to catch those passes out of the backfield. And then you also have David Montgomery. As your as your starting running back, yeah. I feel like that combo is probably the best we've had since Barry Sanders. Exactly. Uh, now I'm an Alabama guy. I I like I like most guys that have come out of Alabama, so I can't knock any any pick from there from that school at all. I mean, I really it's just for the most part they're they're solid they're solid players and they've been well coached at a young age. So um, I, I'm satisfied with that. I yeah. Overall, I'm happy. I'm Maybe I'm desensitized to, uh, you know, oh, we just hearing a very loud Detroit fan base where, you know, we've always got a bad, we've always had a bad draft class, and I just don't feel like that was the case this year. I, I think we had, it, like, we showed a little bit of confidence, and it seemed like we really knew what we were doing, mm-hmm. and every pick that we got, it seemed like we got the guy that we wanted to get. I think you know? I think that's what's important is Brad yeah. Holmes knows what he's doing. He's I think he should have bought respect through last year's draft with yeah. Hutchinson, with James Houston, with Malcolm Rodriguez, all guys that. I mean uh, Hutchinson, you know, we kind of figured would be a starter from day one, but these other guys should just plug in and be starters. Kirby Joseph, yeah, I mean just yeah. playing lights out towards the end of the season for all those guys to be drafted mm-hmm. out of last year's class and be instant contributors to a team that was the hottest team in the NFL at the end of the season. Right. That's that should buy you some respect. That's why it's like, well, okay, day one was maybe not who you'd like to see taken, but I think everybody could agree in day two, taking Brian Branch, all American safety out of Alabama. Everybody seemed to love that pick. That yeah. helps the safety spot. Uh Sam Laporta voted best uh, tight end in the Big Ten. And then Hendon Hooker, who you get in the third round. He dro- he's the SEC Offensive Player of the Year at quarterback, drops all the way to the third round, and you pick him up. Then everybody loves that. And so if I told you you get all five of those guys, but they don't go in the order that you want, right. are you still happy? I mean, let's be I'm, honest. Yeah. Give Brad Holmes some respect, some credit. There's more than one way to skin a cat here. Agreed, yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, Hendon Hooker, picking him up in the third round, a guy that completed 70% of his passes for Tennessee, like I said, all SEC Offensive Player of the Year, to have him be the backup now to Jared Goff, we've come a long way from having, like, Dan Orlovsky back yeah, there as your backup. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, that's, I like to see that improvement, because for how many years was it Matt Stafford or nothing, or the guy right. in the first row out of the bleachers? Or, you know what I mean? Like, Kellen Moore was his best backup. You know, that's what I mean. Like you just—they never have a good backup, right? Well, and like Kellen Moore was a brilliant, you know, brilliant mind, but just didn't have the. Felt like he didn't always have the talent. Like the the plays that he succeeded in, 
or the games that he succeeded in was, you know, when they had, they've got the, the perfect scheme kind of written out for him, mm-hmm. you know, so, and that's how it had to be with any, any backup to Stafford, because Stafford was just the guy and had this relentless, I'm not coming out, I don't care how hurt I am, exactly. which doesn't always help your team, you know, no. I mean, uh, and I, I love Stafford, but that's the only thing I, I would, you know, I would knock about him is that just... Probably wasn't taken out when when he, he there was no yeah there was no authority to to take him out. It was just he got to make the call. I'm staying in, and you know, that, that probably hurt the team more than it hurt you know anybody else. Yeah. Well. So, um, should we move on to NBA playoffs? We want to talk about that for like a minute because I know that you're a big fan of like I mean we are watching a generational talent. You know, uh, probably the greatest basketball player. Um, I mean, I suppose arguably it, to you, not so much to uh, the rest of the world, though. And uh, I suppose LeBron it's James. it's nice to hear someone else. The sound toot, of my own his, voice. Yeah, someone else toot his horn besides him tooting his own right, horn. Right. Hoffman, I guess that's a bit refreshing. I just do it to get under your skin, honestly. Yeah, that, that's about it. LeBron, we're, we're going to see LeBron versus Steph Curry again, and I hope that Steph gets the, the better uh, the better part of him. I, I think that would be, yeah, just great. Because he just dropped 50 yesterday, you know, <laughs> on Sacramento, uh, you know, a career high, and I just, that's that's fantastic. So uh, I think that, I think, well, you know, I'm going to give LeBron James credit. This is going to be a great series. I mean, Mark this down. He is May first, twenty twenty three. He is arguably the greatest ever, and you're also going against. Well, I mean, I guess you have to say arguably, but I feel is the greatest three point shooter ever, pure shooter, really yeah, ever, probably of any kind. Shooter, yeah, yeah of yeah. all time, is Steph Curry. I mean, these are two goats. These are two guys that are for sure Hall of Famers. I, I mean, that's. That sounds like a really stupid, corny statement to even say. <laughs> For sure, Hall of Famers. It's like anybody that pays attention to basketball knows that. Yeah, I, they're two household names. We, they. Uh, I mean, that's such an understatement. That's what household I mean. Name, it just sounds right? corny. Like, but that's that's the show in the NBA is, is Steph versus LeBron. This will know? be the series. Yeah, and this yeah. is what I'll tune in for. I could. Right. I mean. My team, the Pistons. They they bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So there's really no reason for me to necessarily want to tune in, but. I can appreciate the greatness that is coming together on the court for, yeah, for this. And you know? that's not just the show in the Western Conference. That's probably the show in all of the NBA. You know, if you're looking at the East, it's 76ers, and um, there's some people who are really, really, really pushing for Boston, uh, especially after last night because we transitioned to the NHL playoffs. The best team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins, for the entire season. Just got upset by the, that's right, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I heard about that. Who I forgot was even an NHL hockey so team. So did most of Florida. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, our hockey team's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, we, we have the Florida Panthers? What, what city are they in? <laughs> yeah. I think somewhere in the state. All right. All right, Hoffman. Right back to football. Uh, now, Jameson Williams uh, for the Lions caught up with like six other players uh, gambling will be suspended for six games. And now I got to wonder, like, 
I mean, don't they? Don't they have? That's don't they when they yes when they when they're drafted don't they send rookies through like kind of like a PR type class I thought yeah they're where they say hey these are things you should probably avoid we're not telling you what to do but these are like don't do things these are things that'll get you in trouble we're trying to give you we're trying to give you a heads up on how to handle you know millions of dollars being thrown in your lap and all this fame right off the bat right I understand that they're like. 22, 23 year old guys. Um, but you have to understand that you're, you're going into um, a profession where now you're making millions of dollars. And that's the problem right there is that they've never, they've never experienced it. They probably don't know anybody else that's ever gone into that situation. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to listen to somebody that has, you know, How- but to, to not understand I, I guess maybe that's why the Pete Rose situation, and there really is no comparison, but the Pete Rose situation and the James, you know, Williams situation are, are so vastly different. Like, Pete Rose definitely should have known better, you know, by that yeah, age. Yeah, he's by that age, yeah. You know? But Having been around it for long enough, exactly. knowing that it, and, and the times were different back then, you have to understand that right now, and I was about to say this, mm-hmm. um, how much is like, the league itself and these gambling companies that you can just sit there and pull up on your phone and you can just bet on a game. Draft I mean, how Kings, much are them right. DraftKings? How much? How much are they to blame for this? I shouldn't say the situation, but the environment that these that these kids are playing in now. I, I mean, a lot to blame for it. But and, you know. and how do you tell them? Well, you can't bet on. I mean, if he's not betting on his own team, yeah. Or like, how do you tell him? Ugh. I mean, how do you tell him you can't do it? Right. Everybody else in the country can do it. Yeah, it's legal. It's not illegal anymore. Like you've introduced this into sports, you're profiting as a league off of this. But you're telling your players you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just a weird uh, kind of thing, and and it's you, almost a double standard. You know, you know? but but However, going back to the P. Rose thing, back then it was known there was none of this DraftKings gambling is illegal. You don't freaking do it. You're old enough to know better. It's a whole nother situation now. It's almost a double standard, but now on this side though, you're you're suddenly making like millions and millions of dollars. Do you really need to be making like small petty bets and stuff? No, at this point it's just for ego, you know? Better for fun. That's what it is. Some people enjoy gambling. Yeah. I'm not one of them. Right. But I mean some people do. Yeah, it's uh, but I think it's the, at that age, you're young. You're it, it's kind of a it's sort of an ego thing, you know. Uh, you're competitive. You're a professional athlete. Naturally, you're competitive. That uh, you're you're betting against your friends. It's just I don't know. The, the, I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I, I hope it's uh it's kind of burning a a lesson into his his head as far as like okay. This is really stupid. This this hurts my team. This hurts me. Um, I think he's he's trying to atone for it. You you can see he's he's showing up to practice with the team, even though he's not going to be playing for you know the first six games. He's still kind of he's young, but he's like he's paying his due. He could certainly sit at home and just like, all right, I got the next six weeks off. Or I got the first six six weeks off. I don't need to start practicing till like I don't know. Week, uh, yeah, week five or something. He could. But he's not. 
He could, and this will be as a Lions fan. I have like PTSD because how many how many wide receivers do we go through with Matt Millen that were just highly touted and didn't pan out for one reason or the other? I feel well, like this gives me like everything's been really good under the Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes regime. Like this is a whole new frontier. It feels like things are just on the up and up, and we're we're changing the culture, and it's a different way of doing things. But this gives me flashbacks. This is like some shit that would happen under Matt Millen. You draft a guy, top receiver in the country, and by all accounts, he's going to just tear up the league next year. And what happens at the start of his second season? Suspended for six games. I totally agree with you on the PTSD thing because the, how many receivers have we had that just did dumb things? Yeah. That basically. Uh, ended their is it career? Titus Young? Titus Young. Every week he did something stupid. Yeah. Um, Charles like, Rogers, he was injured. It wasn't necessarily that he did anything stupid, but it's just bad luck. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's just always something. It's like, well, and he made some bad decisions too. That like once he was done with the Lions, that prevented him from even making a comeback right. in the league. Exactly. Uh, was it Nate Burleson with the pizza thing? Yeah, it's one thing <laughs> that Mr. Tim Parton, you know, go, goes back to all the time. You know, like. You could have had a pizza delivered. You're you're reaching for a pizza and you get into a car accident. And you break your wrist. What the hell? Seriously? Yeah, but I mean, I think you guys are busting some balls there. Like, what? Maybe. All right, you guys are a million dollars receivers. Like, we can't have you just out there driving cars. Can't have you living life. We're doing. I think something that's a bit dumb, extreme. Like reaching for. You know, in all reality, it was probably something even you know, dumber than that. I'm I'm so. telling you, there are some pizzas that I might reach for, too. <laughs> it depends on who made it, where it's from. Maybe. But in downtown Detroit? I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know the whole story there. And that's a pretty dumb story, so I think it's probably something even worse than than he was reaching for a pizza. Uh, we can't speculate like that. We often. can't speculate, but I'm just saying that's a really dumb story, and... You know, he probably did something even worse than that. And so he he kind of has to just toss his hands in the air and like, yep, I, you know, he's, he's, I'll, I got to live with uh, you selling the story that I was reaching for a pizza and I got into an accident. Probably was, something even dumber than that, you know? Well, that's what makes so, Brad Holmes different is he knows not to take a receiver till the seventh round because <laughs> they never <laughs> pan out in Detroit. Sure. And yeah. They naturally do dumb things, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think that's our show today, isn't it, Wataki? I mean, it is. I, I guess you don't want to talk about Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay. Buying a hockey team. All that's right. fine. I had nothing to no, say no, no. on it. I just said it was weird. Okay. No, let's go into depth on No, there's Snoop nothing Dog. in depth. There's, there is. That's the thing is there is no depth at all to that. It's a. I don't know the story, so why don't you explain it a little bit? Uh, the, the headline is that Snoop Dogg is in a group of investors that are looking to buy the Ottawa Senators. Predominantly, 75% of the investors are black, and so that's kind of the angle that this article on ESPN took. Oh, okay. Um, was that, well, and, and if they do uh, complete the purchase of this team, it'll be the first black-owned hockey team. That's pretty cool. Also the first black-owned Canadian hockey team. <laughs> What? Why that team? Is it because that's just the only team that's up for sale? I, fe I feel like kind of that's probably the case. Yeah. Is there's not sports teams that come up for sale all the time. It's not like right. a used car. So it's like, yeah. okay, we're going to jump on whatever we can get our foot in the door in as far as athletics go. I mean, because you got to think, given the choice, would he rather like 
the Ottawa Senators, or maybe like, I mean, if we're going to stick with hockey, the Boston Bruins, right, or yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning, or a team that's like, or even the LA oh, Kings, yeah, know? or an LA King, like his hometown team, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of like teams well, that are recently very good and com- you know competitive as far as like the playoffs go, or like you said, like the hometown team. Like why such an obscure team in Canada? Well, I, I think I'll tell you why because it's clearly a stepping stone because. His main sport is football. He loves football. So I think this is a stepping stone to, okay, I'm going to own like a football team or take some sort of ownership in a football team at some point. And here's my resume road. when they go yeah. to present their proposal exactly. to a football team. Or he gets just a little taste of like ownership of a sports team. And it's with a bunch of other people. So cool. He'll know what it feels like. And then when the opportunity does present itself that, Hey, you know, and he can make some money in the meantime, because mm-hmm. you buy a, you know, a team like the Ottawa senators and they're probably horrendous, you know, they can only get better. You'll make a little bit of money and then maybe 10 or 15 years down the road, the opportunity for ownership of an NFL team might come up and then he can buy into that or just buy it out. Right. If he wants to, cause he'll, you know, I mean, listen, Snoop's got money. But I don't know if he's got sports team money. I mean, Magic That's a whole just, other level. Magic just bought the Dodgers a couple of years ago, and he's not even outright owning it. It's him and like most think, of the time, people aren't outright. Yeah, owners. it's like a consortium of people, yep. you know, owning a sports team. It's it's like billions of dollars today. So now that being said, Hoffman, this is you're a collector of all things pop culture. Sure. Yeah. Are you going to be getting like an Ottawa Senators hockey puck signed by Snoop Dogg now? <laughs> like, is that going to be the next mantle piece? If the opportunity presents itself, then uh, absolutely. I did, I'm a big collector of Snoop. I do like Snoop. I know. I, 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 I got music. some items and stuff. I've got his t-shirts. You know, it's been his shows. He's yeah. I love Snoop Dogg. He's he's awesome. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down with the dog. No, no, I've said. Well, on that note, we can end the show. <laughs> We just want to remind everyone to visit Curveball. <laughs> so it never comes at like a good, good time to it's like. It's always after like a really, really, really a, bad story. A really stupid, you know, topic that we we just got done discussing. But sorry, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> totally not planned. Right. That's one sixty-six. You gonna be all right? No, I'm not. 166 North Center Road, Saginaw, Michigan. Curveball Collectibles. Give them a visit. Tell them we said hi. Go Sports Fox. That's our show. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com. Or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer.